Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground and taken on secret identities in order to provide our candid recommendations on a handful of stocks out of this week's Value Line Investment more, Survey. More views and opinions than recommendations. Well, I'm making recommendations, what have you. Uh, you've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the press. But our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air for free anyway. So we've electronically altered our voices and they'll never know. This week we look at the May 9th, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. Uh, but first a few disclosures. Importantly, this show is for entertainment purposes only, uh, according to our lawyers and us. Uh, and a couple of things about that. We may be completely uninformed. And I am this week. Just I thought to you were going to say we may not be entertaining. No. Yeah, well, that's true, too. And also, importantly, uh, it's after hours, so we may be drinking, just to be aware of that. Um, and also, another disclosure, we have conflicts of interest. We may own these stocks. We Lots may not own the stocks. We may be telling you uh, we own them when we don't, or we may tell you we don't own them when we do. Who he knows? He may be a dog catcher, and I may right. be a male nurse. They don't know you're a dog on the Internet, so they say. Yeah. Uh, I'll be back. Oh, no, no, wait. First, website, www.thevalueguys.com. More disclosures, photos of us, stories, family stories, stuff you don't want to read about, frankly. Don't go there. Uh, Bring but, your handkerchief. Uh, first, uh, I want to introduce to you uh, who's up first this week. I'll be back at the back half. Family Dollar, Nordstrom, Circuit City. Hang around for that. But first, with a medium amount of ado this week due to the long commute uh, why were we driving today, Vern? I don't know. Anyway, Vern Value. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. I think. Yeah. Not my best intro. Before I get into my first idea, I I, I was remarking on this to you before. I just I, I'm impressed with. Did you give the date, by the way? Uh, May ninth. I 9th? believe I did. Okay. Uh, just how charming the Value Line product is. Uh, I noticed in their every week they have a uh, little paragraph on the uh, table of contents page of Part Three that mentions any new stocks that have been added or moved to a different industry grouping or something. And here we see, here we read. Meanwhile, old friend Luxottica Group. Old friend. Well, <laughs> we don't work cute? for them, by the way. Isn't that anyway. cute? I, I, here's one where uh, – I, tell me if this doesn't sound familiar. Uh, over the pull to 2012. What? They always over have the something. Pull? Yeah, they over the pull. Here's one where it talks about over the three- to five-year pull. Oh, the pull, right. The pull. Well, someone – Or know, one of the, one of the stocks than I'm going to talk teaching about grammar today, over there. Uh, for the long haul. It's a haul or yeah. it's a pull. You read that. People struggling. I need three words that mean growth, and they have to be different than the words I used last paragraph. <laughs> Please uh, don't say the future anymore. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah, in the future, for the foreseeable. Well, I didn't have a great day, Vern. I just want to say I spent all day trying to get a freaking virus off my computer. That's and I too just, it bad. It made me extremely crabby. So my Very first crabby. idea this week is a name that we've talked about in the past, and I don't remember the last time. Uh, it feels recent. Uh, if it was the last time PetSmart came up in rotation, then maybe around the where the price is today. But if it was earlier than that, then it might have been 15 or 20 percent higher. But PETM, PetSmart, rated four by value line. Stock's down about a third in the last year, trading around a market multiple right now. 
with, uh, I guess they must have, yeah, they had a flat quarter in the October quarter, and they were up just nominally in January. And Value Line's expecting them to have negative comparisons for a couple quarters. So stocks, uh, stock's been punished, I guess, would be the – here my theme. We like to talk about themes well, here at the Value Guys. Well, that's why I felt like I could say huh. we. Well, I guess you're getting in on it now. Are you going to be doing page numbers soon, too? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. No. I, I, I insist on being completely independent. All right. And Perfect. When it comes to page numbers. Right. What a quaint idea. Um, my my theme is consumer services uh, because really? yeah one of the things that I think makes the pet smart idea work is that they are uh, adding new stores and as they as they add new stores they're adding to um, the uh, presence they have as the uh, nation's veterinarian. Do they have vets? Not in all the stores. They though. have 966 stores uh, in the U.S. and Canada, according to Value Line, with vet hospitals in 608 of them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 24-hour supervision and seven-day camps. Uh, they also uh, operate 62 uh, pets hotels, they're called, which are really kennels for dogs and cats. So um, more and more services, Higher margin business, a new way to grow uh, even within the existing footprint, makes new store investment more productive. Um, now, value line, I guess the stock with some negative comparisons and uh, um, um, in earnings and the stock down a lot, they've reduced their store opening plan. They're only going to open 100 new locations this year. I'll remind you the base is under 1,000, so call it 10% growth this year. I calculate about 7% in 09, and they're adding services to the mix here. Um, I think it's a really interesting story. Value Line says it's going to uh, grow sales at 11%, cash flow 11.5, earnings 12.5. It's a market yeah, multiple. Well, Are those market growth the, rates? I the don't fear think on so. this one is simply that Walmart decides to open a big pet department and they could have this company out of business in about 10 minutes. But, well, but that's they have true other things to Right, of course. That of they course. do, sure. Uh, and they're going to have to let you bring your animal inside the that part well, of the Well, they already Walmart. let some animals in there. Do they in Walmart? Well, seeing eye dogs. Is it oh, a big stretch yeah, to go to other every, types of dogs? All dogs? Well, that I'm means, just saying that a dog's to, a dog, my if friend. If you have a lot of dogs in a store on a given day, that means you're going to have dog mess to clean well, up. Starbucks accommodates dogs. I think it's a trend. The humanization mm. of pets. A friend of well, mine. Well, I think that's powerful, that's and uh, there's a demographic argument you know here as well because yeah. more older people have pets than young singles, for example. Certainly. And, of course, uh, they become part of the family, and you take care of them, this even company, in recessions. This company has generated better than 14% return on capital for the last five years in a row. That's what Value Line is guessing the long-term Picture is with the stock down a lot, it's trading at eight times cash flow, one of the more attractive multiples in recent years. Last recession, uh, sales went, uh, sales uh, sales have done really nothing except grow in the 10 years that Value Line has history here. So hard to know exactly how they'll perform. Um, uh, under seven times enterprise value to EBITDA, I think with great uh, growth profile. You know, it, it's funny, it talks here about. 
The, uh, the multiple has shrunk lately, and we no longer project a market premium over the long run, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if I go out to 2012, which is about four years from now, and I use Value Line's cash flow forecast of 475, if I can just get today's eight multiple that the stock's currently valued at, I've got a stock at 38. It's up about 60% from where it is today, and I've averaged uh, oh. in the low teens. Yeah, with a, no multiple expansion, you earn the earnings growth, which they're predicting is going to be, be pretty quite good. quite strong, and I right. don't see why it wouldn't Not be. Not a lot so, of downside. PETM. Um, I'm going to stick with specialty retail. I uh, went looking for an auto parts retailer in part with the idea that uh, in a tougher economy that one of the things people might be willing to do is to get their uh, hands a little bit dirty and do a little bit of work on their own car well, instead of – Credit's uh, tougher. You can't buy the new car, so you got to fix Yeah, maybe old the car. old one. Right, yeah, there you go. Right. That as well. So uh, I, I, I was a little bit surprised to read that uh, – uh, according to Value Line, the D, uh, do-it-yourself area is economically sensitive, and they're, I saw uh, that. The I don't buy that. At, I don't buy uh, that. The comps at Advanced Auto Parts were down three percent. You know what I think that is, my friend? What do I believe think it that is? is inventory coming down at companies and little fix-it shops that use these guys as a source, and they're bringing inventories down at their old place in their own garage. I don't think there's actually less work being done on cars. That'd be my no, I no prediction. that much I would agree with, right? Yeah, okay. So, but I'm, this is the DIY piece where you're doing it yourself in your own driveway, right? They're so saying you, there's less of that as there's well. There's less, well, inventory coming down at the home. Yeah, you're keeping fewer things around. Mm, you're using up the stuff you had in there. Entire market, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know either. Well, they supply well, nobody little knows. shops. We've established don't, they, that <laughs> don't they supply <laughs> little no shops? Idea. Well, that's just it. Well, they're they have a, cutting they have inventory. A, they have I'm a growing business in the do it for me right. market. Do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> the do it honestly capitalize. Okay. They even have a right. DIFM in parentheses behind it. It's very, oh, get a prize for uh, doing that, <laughs> Mr. Analyst. Uh, and this is an area where the, uh, advance again. This is advance auto parts. AAP. The nation's second largest retailer of auto parts and accessories, more than 3,200 stores in 40 states. Uh, they bought Western Auto and Discount Auto in the last 10 years. They have 25,000 employees. And other than that, the descriptions uh, doesn't indicate anything special. Value Line is looking for double-digit sales and uh, earnings growth here as well. Uh, it's trading now around uh, 70% of revenue on a per-share basis. Uh, it traded for a couple years earlier this decade, closer to one time. Uh, it's nine times cash flow. The stock's kind of at the lower end of a recent range at around $35. Traded north of 40 in each of the last three years. I mean, well into the 40s. I'll tell um, you that I'd owned AutoZone, and they levered themselves up to buy stock. It was Eddie Lambert's big home run. Mm -hmm. uh, but while we owned it, these guys were coming up fast. They didn't have the balance sheet problems that AutoZone had, and it looked like they could be the AutoZone of the future in terms of that same strategy. Debt 33% and uh, an, EBITDA, or an enterprise value uh, multiple of EBITDA that's less than yeah. seven Yeah, so times. they could employ the AutoZone strategy. What's their stock buyback situation over uh, there? They, I don't believe they're... Oh, yeah, no, have no, they no, been no, doing no, it? No, I mean, no, just yes, copy AutoZone. From 2005, they were at uh, the peak on the average common that value line shows above 108 under 100 AutoZone went from 30 to it's trading at 125 right now by just buying their stock back with free cash flow once the business got saturated. These mm -hmm. guys, I think, are going to do the same thing. That's my prediction. Well, they've, and you, you've got a great valuation to get in and add here, I think, because it probably never gets super cheap. 
especially in the kind of uh, economy that we might be transitioning into. I only do it. I have all kinds of time. I have no idea. I'm not exactly uh, waxing we, on and on about these names this week. Yes, you are actually. Oh, when you listen, you'll hear yourself. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, you're going really? on. You're giving a lot of detail for the money here. I think people Maybe listening that's why to this I'm show. I feel well, a you bit could winded. be. You know, there's a this show is chock full you know, of I valuable need, information need about stocks, and uh, you know you've been providing it here. I mm. think that you know you're probably winded because you've just been you know that's better teaching I'm everyone. Feeling better. I just had yeah, some uh, relax. caffeine. Just relax a little bit. Uh, Are you okay th- now? Stock three, men's just warehouse. Just make sure you're ready. That's all. <laughs> now this one's you know a listener's been writing yeah. in about this one. Really We've been having a little dialogue oh. on this one. I don't know. Did you open those emails? Uh, I know I'm forwarding them to you. It's not a game, my friend. That's the problem. You think it's a game. Uh, I'm sending you these emails anyway. Uh, Mr. Listener, you know who you are. I don't want to say your name. But this name, this guy's done a lot of work. A lot of work. One of the largest off-price retailers of men's tailored business attire. Branded and private labeled. Prices run 20 to 30% below those in department stores. Their store is approximately 5,500 square feet. That and it's it also a, 20% further away from where you are. That's the uh, other. I can't issue. honestly say that I've shopped at one before. They're but inconveniently located. I, I have an idea um, that, um, uh, that in a more difficult environment, uh, a more difficult business environment, um, that they could benefit from the aggressive advertising that I've seen them doing in recent years. Um, and catch uh, maybe a combination of uh, suit wearers trading down and a growing acceptance of this as a location to go for your first suit uh, because you're going to get a pretty good deal and uh, good quality and uh, what, you know reasonably well-tailored uh, Yeah, but, garment. you know, men aren't wearing suits the way they once did. No, of course not. These guys have to establish a uh, sort of opinion leader status in non-suit men's business attire. And my question to you, sir, yeah. is can they do it? Have they done it? That's what and, I'm asking And my you. answer to you, sir, yes. is I have no idea, nor will I probably ever know. Thank you. Thank you for but your honesty I, but and your I, candor. Okay. But I'm, I'm counting on uh, some of well, our branding. listeners having, uh, well, really the, the, initiative the initiative to go find out for themselves because we've highlighted what might be a very attractive stock idea, well, given that this one's down more than 50% in the last year. Valuation point of view, it's certainly attractive, no question. Um, it's at around eight times a reduced cash flow forecast, but – Probably a lot of risk involved in uh, the forecasts here because Value Line's forecasting operating margin, which is really EBITDA margin, we believe, uh, from going from 15, 14 and a half level the last couple of years to 12 on sort of flat revenue with cost up and a bit of pricing pressure maybe. Um, I, I think one has to recognize that if, if it's understood that margins are going down, how far they're going to go down is probably anyone's guess. But um, I'm thinking that, sir. It's our job to make that guess. Well, I'm getting they ready to. Money. I'm okay. getting ready to. So, with Va- Value Lines forecasting cash flow maxed out last year at 440, it'll be 315 this year. If it's two dollars, the stock recently at 26, with an opportunity to be a major player in this category, uh, and as you suggested, be a you know, stake out a position as a uh, branded thought leader in men's fashion. Well said. Thought leader, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's some conviction about that 
as well in uh, the management team, officers and directors own 9%. And I see three buyers. I'm not used to seeing the number three on the to-buy line That's rare. on the insider decision table. Uh, as recently as January of this year, when the stock looked like it traded in a very wide range, maybe 18 to 28. Uh, so the stock's in that range today. Value line's looking for... 19 to 31% returns here over the uh, the long pull. The long pull, great. Uh, but rates at a five um, because of the, you know, the major chart. come down in the stock price in the last year. Yeah, the chart basically. Um, now, uh, you know, so be careful about um, what your expectations are here. But uh, What's the balance sheet? Did you mention that? Uh, the 10% debt to cap so with – the debt they have offset by cash on the balance sheet's debt free, and it's about five and a half times EBITDA. Now, retailers, ladies and gentlemen, don't get the multiples that uh, product manufacturers typically do when you talk about EBITDA. But nevertheless, the under seven numbers for uh, growth vehicles like Advance and PetSmart are reasonably attractive valuations. The five and a half on Men's Warehouse as a uh, apparel retailer, um, very attractive. Well, that's with greater the kind than twenty percent. Look at the track record these guys have. I mean, they had a down year in two thousand one in a recession. I don't know what happened to. Let's see, store count went up by thirty that year, and sales went down by about four percent. And then they turned it right around, and they've been growing ever since. Value Line's forecasting sales to be down slightly this year, with the margin decline greater than it was the last time. Um, I, yeah, I, I think risk-reward here looks pretty interesting. That's look pretty good. Uh, men's Warehouse, MW. And with that, and uh, without any uh, proprietary vocabulary of my own, yes, sir. I'm going to turn it over to my partner and rowdy uh, what? colleague. Rowdy colleague? Values. What happened to the alliteration, sir, and the gentility? I was questioning. Okay. Let's get right to it. What do you been- got? We've been going on and on about nothing here, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. except for Vern's part. Feeling but, a little flat this week. Yeah, are you? Well, yeah. we just we got caught in this mess, and uh, it just drains us. We haven't been able to do our normal amount of uh, after-hours uh, drinking. That gets us a little crabby. And uh, we're just trying to get by here with, you know, smoked almonds and tea. It's not easy. It's not easy. But let's get right into it, shall we? Uh, page 1684, for those of you following along. Uh, it's a big retail week this week, a lot of retailers, which is interesting because they're all crushed, and that gives us a lot to look through. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's a matter of, okay, they're all crushed. All right, great. Which one? Well, you know, you got to fall back, my opinion, to just some strong themes, niches that you know these companies control even when they're crushed. They still own them. No one's coming in and taking any of their share. And then you just have to recognize that the economy is driven by two things, how many people they are, there are and how, many each, how much stuff each person makes. I thought so, it was fear and greed. Well, that's – a or higher de- level. That's or, Maslow. Or death so, and taxes. you know, when you read in the paper that, oh, my gosh, is the economy going away or whatever, uh, no, it isn't. You've got population times productivity. Actually, productivity has been rising. Uh, computers working their way through the workforce. Information working its way through efficiency on information. So we're in a little bit of a period here that's, you know, really been exacerbated in part by emotions. Uh, but it looks like we're getting behind it, 
And uh, if history is any guide, and I'm talking about 80 years of history, uh, then, uh, you know, these are very attractive valuations. Why 80? Because that gets you back into the 1928 area. Oh. Okay. And back before that, there's not a lot of data really to go by either, although I do have some going back beyond, you know, beyond that that you've seen, I think, Fern. But, you know. I've seen it, a lot of things. I know you have. And it appears that uh, the timing would be very good to get into some of these things. Interest rates are low. These earnings yields are high. Private equity, there's a lot of money. These nation funds are putting together enormous pools of capital. Uh, the dollar's on sale to the rest of the world. So uh, these great businesses we have in America, uh, you know, are going to be attractive, and these are pretty good entry points. Let me start out with Family Dollar, ticker FDO, page 1684. What's my theme on Family Dollar? <clears throat> well, they're a low-cost provider of needs uh, more than wants, and uh, what they've managed to do is put up smaller stores that can get into neighborhoods, much smaller than Walmart. I think their average store might be you know, 10,000 feet, Walmarts might be 80,000 feet, something like that. And uh, they got 6,400 of these things. They manage under an umbrella of Walmart pricing. So Walmart does not tend to beat them on price, but they have a pretty, uh, you know, computer-driven system to understand what each product on the shelf is contributing from an ROI point of view, and it helps them optimize over time. Their real estate costs are low. And, uh, you know, to the extent that you're providing needs to a growing economy over time, there'll always be a low end of the economy that needs to uh, be a little bit budget-minded. And uh, these guys and a couple of other of these dollar stores, um, you know, are your go-to stores. Uh, their big competitor, Dollar General, was bought out last year. I owned the stock, and I think just on the basis of what was paid for those guys, family dollars worth, you know, in the low 30s. But even beyond that, what do you got going here? Well, you've got an eight times gross cash flow number. Uh, you've got a 14 multiple, which I might look at as a 7% cash on cash, but that's net because the multiple PE-wise is after tax. Uh, enterprise value to EBITDA, I'm not exactly calculating here. Let's see. I've got a 5% operating margin. Uh, so what does that give me on $7 billion, So that's 350 and the market cap 3.1 plus some debt. So it looks like it's about 9 so pre-tax 11%. It's going to grow, according to value line, earnings are going to grow 16%. And a lot of that's coming from store growth. These dollar stores still have a lot of territory to move into. They're, you know, more southern-based stores moving into the north, and uh, they're actually going to have a chance to grow pretty quickly over the next few years simply because uh, northern real estate prices relative to the south, relatively speaking, are coming down, and uh, the, you know, soft market right now is going to help them get some great locations going forward. So it looks like a pretty good entry point. They buy stock every year. Uh, their returns on capital are mid-teens, just a little bit of leverage, 18% debt to cap gets them to 16, 18% return on equity. Uh, what else can I tell you? According to Value Line, they've fallen on hard times. Stocks down to 22 from 35. That, hard times. Well, that's their word. It's hard times, yeah. yeah. Quaint. Well, in 1998, which wasn't that long ago, they did 2.3 billion in sales. Next year, they're going to do 7 billion. So something's going okay for them. And, uh, you know, we're having a little bit of a slowdown here. Even during a slowdown, people do things like eat 
and wear clothes. <laughs> well, so, they, they, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, the price elasticity of demand for things that cost a dollar. Yeah, well, it's not all a dollar. The, the thing that's happening right now is their marketplace is, is cutting back not everything. No, they have some things like electronics, actually. Value Line points out some of their higher margin items, they draw you into the store with your needs, but then they try to get you to get a want, like a, whatever, a Walkman, stereo, iPod, what have you. Uh, maybe an expensive beverage, a new age drink or something, perhaps. Uh, what happens is people are cutting back on those higher margin items, and that's hurting them in the margin area right now. They were earning, you know, 8%, 9% last couple years. They're down to 5 So they need to improve the mix, a little bit higher margin, but that's hurting them right now. But that's a one-time thing. Once people cut back on that, they can't re-cut back on it. So you, excuse me, you well, have can't that. Can't they cut deeper? Uh, I don't know. You can't get into the needs. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to cut into the needs. You're cutting into the wants. I get you that. Well, what was the exotic new age, new age beverage? Well, like I a two dollar beverage, like a, like a frappuccino in the cooler. You know, one of their big <laughs> innovations a few years ago. I'm just telling you where these companies are. Was to get computers. Uh-huh. I mean, this is not that long ago. The other thing they recently did, like two three years ago, is get. Uh, these carts to move stuff off trucks with wheels <laughs> instead of carrying them. Yeah, it was a big innovation. And I know that um, you can read it here. They a couple like to years keep ago, their costs low, well, they have low, keep low. Them, keep them lower, but they look for these productivity ideas. Uh, a few years ago, like three years ago, Family Dollar and Dollar General both innovated big time in their industry. They put in uh, coolers. So it's this thing that keeps beverages cool. They thought of that, mm-hmm. and that keeps people coming back for milk and stuff. And the idea was get a customer to come more times per week. And if you have a cold uh, milk and, you know, Another reason to visit. The Another reason to visit. But I'm saying these aren't that advanced of companies, and yet they're still putting up decent returns. Anyway, 2.3% yield. It's a discount. They're going to grow at 14% according to Value Line. That would put the expected return on this thing into the low 20s. Family dollar, F-D-O. Okay, what do I have next? Uh, All I know is mine are like two-plus points cheaper on EBITDA. Well, so what? So what, you know? Uh, these are better companies. Oh, vastly nothing, better. I guess. Vastly better companies. Um, when you have wants, you're solid. I mean, suits? You don't need a suit. You know what I mean? You need replacement auto parts. Yes, you do. You yes, need, you do. Well, that is a good idea. You need a chew toy for your kitty cat. No, you don't. You can eat your cat if times get tough. You know what I'm saying, my friend? Um, okay, Nordstrom, page 1689. What do I like about Nordstrom? Well, first of all, Macy's did them the great favor of buying all their competitors uh, town by town. So, uh, you know, you do have sacks out there. But they don't have nearly as many stores. Nordstrom's has 175 stores. Now, admittedly, 54 are the rack. But they took this great store from Seattle, of course, and they've rolled it out across America. And it's shown up as sort of the high-end store. It's uh, a little bit, you know, I'm sad to say, a little higher uh, you know, than Macy's. And now all the little boutique stores from every town that Nordstrom used to have to compete with is now also... Macy's, and in fact, all the hey, towns don't, are... don't diss the hometown I'm team, not baby. dissing anything, except that all the towns are mad at Macy's. They're not mad at Nordstrom's. 
And uh, the company is extremely well run. So what I'm saying is there's less competition. Nordstrom's is solid in terms of their niche. They're a little bit higher end. They're putting up 40% gross margins for a long time. That's been improving. They put up, uh, you know, upper teens returns on capital going back, you know, six, seven years. Uh, they're doing 40% return on equity. Uh, they don't have uh, a super clean balance sheet, 67% debt to cap, but because of the high margins, the total interest is covered nine times, so I'm very comfortable with that. And the stock's taken a big hit here. It's down from nearly 60 at one point in 07. It's down here at 38. Uh, now, this is Monday's price. I didn't price it today. What's my theme here, aside from uh, the competitions going away? Well, wealth is growing in America. Even this quarter, ladies and gentlemen, it grew a little bit. Not according to uh, uh, at least uh, a couple of our presidential candidates. Well, they're not reading, you know, survey of current business, I'm pretty sure, and they should be. That should be a criteria, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, also, wealth in America is going to be drawn to higher end. That's Nordstrom. It's a very solid department store. And they also have a little bit of an edge in men. Because they have, amongst stores, uh, they're known for their great men's department, and particularly men's shoes. Um, and so that draws the men, the, the men in, and uh, fashion's becoming more important. So they actually have a chance to gain a pretty good share as uh, 30 and un under, you know, more fashion-oriented men are uh, moving into department stores to buy their goods. Nordstrom will pick up more of that business. They're trading at... Uh, you know, let's see, about eight times next year's cash flow, 14 times earnings. On an EBITDA basis, which is a little bit hard to calculate, they're putting up a 13% operating margin, which is just great for a department store. You don't often see that. Uh, but EBITDA here, they do about, let's see, $10 billion in sales, 13% um, operating margin, so that's a little over a billion. And the market cap is 84 plus uh, three in debt, so 11. You know, they're, they're just a little bit over 10 times. That's going to give me 9%. And then Value Line thinks earnings are going to grow at 11%, so that gives me uh, 20%. And it's a solid name. I got something that can grow that fast with that only cost you seven times. Who's that? Advance Auto They parts. have eight competitors. People from Mexico and China can blanket the earth with stuff from that goes in your car. I'm talking about a trusted brand for your personal goods, my friend, and that's worth something. Nordstrom, JWN. Okay, uh, finally, i like to have... We're running a little long. Really? Okay, mm -hmm. what have you. Uh, I'll just edit something out, no problem. Uh, I like to come to this part of the show that I like to call the compare and contrast part of the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at Circuit City, page 1727. I've talked about this before. <laughs> compare this with pulling out a fingernail. Or... No, compare this with a good company. No. Uh, and I'm looking at Best Buy in Circuit City. Now, Best Buy, uh, they trade at uh, about 40% of sales. They're putting up $110 a share in sales, stock at 44 Circuit City, they're putting up $80 a share in sales, stock at 4 Okay? That's 5%. Uh, what's the big difference between these companies? Not as much Financial as Financial leverage? Well, not as much as you'd think. Uh, Best Buy is putting up a 25.2% gross margin. Circuit City's putting up 20. That is the only difference between these companies. Circuit City brings a 2% operating margin, which is 18 off of that. 
And Best Buy puts up a 7% operating margin, which is 18 off of that. So the SG&A is not the difference here. Circuit City and Best Buy, in terms of percent of sales, are both spending the same SG&A. It's gross margin. Well, what's going on with that? Is Circuit City holding too many sales? Is Circuit City selling stuff at lower prices than they should be? Are they selling stuff that doesn't have a margin? Ladies and gentlemen, these are important questions. Now, I happen to have the CFO of Circuit City on my phone about three weeks ago, uh, or four weeks ago, I don't know when, but I was talking to him, and I think I shared some of that with the listeners. They realize that their biggest problem is real estate. I was estate. here, and I don't remember. Yeah, that. okay. Well, what have you. Maybe I didn't mention it whatsoever. But uh, their strategy is to get better real estate. They've got old, tired real estate. Best Buy, the secret to Best Buy is they're generating a little bit more sales per foot, so their real estate costs end up being less per dollar of sales because each foot of real estate is generating more sales. Circuit City knows they have bad locations. They've got to fix it. They've got old leases. Well, all of a sudden, what happens? Uh, Blockbuster is bidding for Circuit City. Uh, does that make any sense whatsoever? No one seems to think so. Val Hughes thinks so. Why? Circuit City has this in-town or city center strategy that you're going, how are they going to do that? What's their idea? Smaller stores sell 20% of the stuff that generates 80% of the gross margin and get in closer to the city where you can't bring a big store or Best Buy can't get. And you're like, how are they going to do that? Well, by joining Blockbuster. It's the same problem that uh, Starbucks had in trying to figure out what to put on their shelves uh, besides, you know, uh, coffee makers. And one at one point looked at getting involved with Williams-Sonoma, trying to get some synergy. These guys could put stuff from Circuit City on the shelves of, you know, Blockbuster. It would help Blockbuster figure a way to, you know, leverage what they've got, which is a bunch of customers that like electronics but soon won't be buying any of the movies at Blockbuster. You put those, you know products in the store have some type of relationship for Blockbuster that moves online. And meantime, Circuit City has little urban stores. So it's a very interesting thought. They're both highly levered. I don't know if that deal is going to happen. But my point is, is that Circuit City sells at 5% of sales. Best Buy sells at 40% of sales. The only difference is the gross margin. It's primarily a real estate problem. Uh, they're both very well capitalized. Circuit City only has 4% debt to cap. Best Buy is 12%, so they're both very well capitalized uh, and both have, you know, actually net cash. The problem with Circuit City's location, this Blockbuster bid, you know, maybe you get Blockbuster shares and it works out. I think that's a very interesting path. You know, Val, work. this is absolutely fascinating. You should have talked about this far earlier in the show. Why? Well, it's page order, my you're friend. Doing, now you're doing it in what I call the family portion of the show. Well, listen, you don't hear me swearing about it, do you? You know why I call it the family portion of the show? No, I don't. Because nobody's listening but family at this point. Is that right? Well, so I'm going to get the word out. Regular listeners Circuit missed what City. could have been a great... Okay, well, listen, right. we have ways to get this uh, distributed. Circuit City... Uh, page 1727, CCs the ticker, and that's all I is, have. Is that week. your favorite idea this week? I forget what my other ideas were. It's so Family long Dollar ago. and Nordstrom. Uh, you know, I'm going to say yes to that. Circuit City is my best idea. Is your best idea? Yes, sir. My favorite idea this week? Got to go with the pets. That's a good Gotta one. Got to go with the smart yeah, you idea. You do have a franchise. Pet smart. P E T M. All right. Thanks, everybody, for being so Bye. patient. We'll see you next week.